Welcome back to Cover Story. Today's guest is Joe Perez, a creative director and graphic artist based in Providence, Rhode Island. Joe was the lead art director at Kanye's design studio, Donda, from 2011 to 2016. He's worked on album covers and merch for artists like Kanye, Nicki Minaj, Travis Scott, Lil Wayne, Janelle Monae, many, many others. In this interview, we focused on his work for Good Music's 2012 release, Cruel Summer. We recorded this episode last year, but Joe just posted a really cool video showing all 300 plus iterations of the cover um, that led to the final product. Um, So I figured it was a good time to re-release this episode. I've linked to his video in the show notes, and I highly recommend you check that out. Hope you enjoy the episode. Well, it was a dark and stormy night. (laughs) That's how how all good stories start. Um, No, what's crazy is uh, I I actually went to film school in Los Angeles um, back in uh, 1999, and I made a lot of great contacts and a lot of great friends. And uh, one of my friends went on to do behind-the-scenes kind of documentary footage for, like, MTV – when MTV MTV would go into studios and kind of record behind behind the scenes making of albums, and one of the um, the albums I were recording uh, was uh, Kanye's. I think it was late. Yeah, it was late registration. So he was in there um, filming for MTV and and filmed this small docu for uh, for the making of late registration. And Kanye, like my friend, his his name's Toby Spellman, so much that he hired him. And he kind of did the same thing for Kanye, but on a permanent basis. Um, so that that was kind of like my first footing in there. And then a couple of years later, Kanye launched uh, his blog, Kanye University. And he needed somebody to run it. So he kind of gathered everybody behind the scenes in his entourage and said, Yo, does anybody know anybody that can manage a website and fill my blog full of content? And... My buddy raised his hand. He's like, well, you know, my friend Joe um, is a web developer. Uh, I think he can do it. So put my name in the ring, and I got a call when I was eating dinner from Kanye. And he's like, yo, this is Kanye West. <laughs> no pressure. I was, wondering if you wanted, I was wondering if you wanted to work for me and do this and do that. And I was like, I, I didn't really believe it at first. I was like, no, nah, it's not Kanye West. Who's, who's f***ing pranking me? And... Uh, <laughs> And yeah, it, it was him. And I put two and two together pretty quickly because my friend, I knew my friend worked for him. And I said, yeah, absolutely. Let's uh, let's see what we can do together. And, and I kind of just took that job and ran with it. There is no rule book. Uh, nobody's telling me what to do. I, I signed on and I started helping him uh, fill his blog full of uh, content uh, from anything from the newest music, fashion, art, design, architecture, everything you can think of. So we were really just kind of educating the masses every everybody was going to art school that was our mission um, <laughs> yeah, with his blog all the time and found, yeah found so many good influences so that's that's funny exactly that, that was you on the other end of the screen <laughs> yeah so that was that, that's like the whole story of of kind of how i got my foot within uh, the kanye's universe <laughs> and then from there from there i just kind of I, I explored other options and i i i did a lot of design work and updated the blog form and i think he realized over time like oh shit like he can do design, and he, and he has other ideas, so he started utilizing me for um, various other projects, and I kind of grew from there. So was Cruel Summer the first one that you were majorly involved in then, in terms of albums? As far as albums, yeah. Up until that point, um, all the Good Friday tracks I was involved with, so I, and a lot of Pusha T's uh, like mixtape for uh, 
uh, I forget what it was called. And a lot of his singles like pain, mm-hmm. um, I worked on those. So those, those kind of gave me a, a foothold in, into the design world. But I mean, I really started designing when I was 17 and I, I think I was on Photoshop 5.0 or something, something like that. And I actually, I entered a, a contest for a, a design corns album cover or some <laughs> shit like that. And they took e- entries from all over the world, but I, I made a pretty good, um, piece in, in my opinion that, that was actually my first <laughs> go at like album art like ever um, when i was a teenager but yeah a cruel summer would be the uh official um first album cover uh packaging that i ever worked on so could you talk a little bit about um what kanye's vision was for that how he described that to you and then how you took that and ran with it well the process in every project is unique but i think working with an artist such as Kanye, it, you never really know what's what's coming as far as mandate, you know, or where where you're starting. Uh, so, I guess during his travels over in Europe, um, he had a photographer, Fabian Mon- Montique, and yeah, I mean Fabian has shot numerous covers with us, um, like uh, all Pusha T's, um, a few of Big Sean's, but he does a lot of fo- photographs for us. Um, and he kind of followed Kanye around Europe and uh, shot a lot of architecture and street shots and Kanye went through these like this mass drop of photo content and picked out four photos and they're all of interior architecture they're very baroque and and very of sculptures uh, um, that were kind of integrated into domes and ceilings within I think like Vienna or uh, that that part of Europe and um he whittled it down to four pictures and he kind of sent it to my art director and I, and he's like, well, I want to see what these, what covers could come out of these four photographs. So we kind of took that literally and started, um, Photoshopping and compositing different, uh, concepts, you know, with the actual photos themselves. So uh, some of the, um, ceilings were really intricate and, and, um, and beautiful. So they're already designed. So we kind of took pieces of those, moved it around and, and started forming cover ideas that way. And, and the sculpture of the, uh, the woman that ended up as the final, that was one of the photographs that we, we acquired, but it was so different. And I don't know how to explain it because I went through so many, not only iterations of, of myself moving pieces of like foliage around and, and increasing her bust and giving her a nose job and all this crazy shit. And then we fed it to a 3D artist. Um, for people out there that don't know anything about 3D, it's just like you have a, a lot of artists that specialize in, in one thing, like like modeling or or, or um, particles or, or whatnot. And there, a lot of people aren't really good at human anatomy. I mean, that that's, people f- focus on that. that uh study of 3d entirely and our guy was great but he wasn't um a master of anatomy by by any any means so i definitely had to do a lot of uh rework and cosmetic surgery on on the girl's actual appearance (laughs) just because it was it wasn't hip-hop enough you know she needed larger breasts (laughs) (laughs) and her neck needed to be skinnier and and her arms needed to look a certain way and she was staring at her longer than i've stared at at any other planet and okay i got i really got to fall in love with her so it was a interesting process but that's how it started it started with photographs um that inspired kanye and we uh, i guess the music was coming from these photographs and this trip and this journey that he had just gone on. So um, that's where we started with the uh, the album. 
the concept. And would you say you had any uh, major challenges throughout the process that you had to get through? I mean, let's see, we designed over 100 different covers and 240 variations off off those covers. Uh, wow. It took about three and a half months to get to a final cover. But when we finally got the, the, the idea figured out, it only took maybe two days to create it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it was every day was challenging. And um, it, it, it was the name, the title itself, Cruel Summer, is ironic for me because I literally didn't have a summer. I, I <laughs> got up every day. I went to a studio and I did not see uh, the light of day. And this was from May to September. So I, I got out, I think, one day to go to the beach in, in the wow. whole summer. And it was like <laughs> half day. So, <laughs> so every the, day uh, was 14, hour, 14 hours. Yeah. Wow. So the rumors of his uh, crazy work hours for himself and his team are <laughs> entirely true. Oh, yeah. I mean... It's just it's it's mind boggling of just how of how much of a perfectionist gene he has and he'll keep cycling ideas. And uh, but I mean, he's very intelligent. He knows what he wants. He knows what's good and what's not. And he'll just like a sculptor. He'll just keep chipping you know away at ideas until it's in his mind perfect. That's pretty much the process that we had for Cruel Summer. We would make iterations every day. He would review it and then change and we go back to the drawing board and try something new and that would be 14 16 hour maybe sometimes all nighters depending <laughs> on his mood and what he was up to so it was uh it was challenging physically <laughs> <laughs> so what were some uh, key takeaways from that and how did it shape your role afterwards then going forward with with donda and the team in general um well i mean as an artist i it was kind of going through boot camp i mean uh, I mean, designer, every designer has a skill set. So with this, there is a few things that, I mean, I had to go back to the drawing board and teach myself and, and look at two tutorials. And that was for me and my art director, because there was a lot of compositing involved and not all hardcore graphic designers are also photo compositors. You know, mm -hmm, it's just, mm -hmm. again, it's like special, you specialize in one or two. So I think as an artist, it, it grew my skill set to a point that I think it would take a normal person, probably like three years, I can set condensed it into three months. So <laughs> I, I think it really helped propel me into a, a different skill set. Um, as far as Donda, I think it really, I think it really set the pace for a lot of projects that were to come. And it kind of set our, our communication skills of, of between myself, my art director, Virgil and, and Kanye, where I, I think we had just had a better understanding of what, what each other expected from from our process and from each other and 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 what skill set everybody had because at that point I was still I was kind of a blogger and then all of a sudden I became his designer and art director so I think it was just like a learning period for for everybody but I, I mean I feel like every every day was a learning period at Donda which made it so great The cover for Cruel Summer, along with the rest of Joe's portfolio, can be found at joerperez.com. We spoke a bit more about Joe's work for other artists such as Nicki Minaj and ASAP Rocky, along with Joe's plans after Donda. With all the long list of people that you've worked with, uh, have you noticed many commonalities between them, or is it kind of a new process every time where you sit down and kind of gauge where, where they're looking, what their vision is, and then take it from there? Yeah, there's one common theme and word that I keep hearing. I want it now. Now. <laughs> now, 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 now. 
but I mean, I, th- I feel like I think any commercial artist is going to feel the same way. I mean, a lot of a lot of the projects in retrospect, I just wish I had more time. Honestly, I mean, Cruel Summer was great because it allowed me that time, and that's that's what made it special. It was like my first project, and and not every project you have three and a half months to to get all your ideas out. And mm-hmm. I kind of had a similar um, experience with the Aesop Rocky album where it kept getting delayed. So it went from being a month to two months. So I, I had a secondary experience where, again, it's just like I could get all my ideas out and try all this experimentation. And it was just great. But after that, the reality set in and the music world kind of sunk its claws in. <laughs> <laughs> Way through no man. Like with. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, with Little Wayne, we had a pretty good buffer of time, but but yeah, I mean, with projects like, and and don't get me wrong, I love these other projects like Nicki Minaj. The Pink Print was an amazing experience, but we delivered that cover in 24 hours. Yeah, <laughs> you start to finish. <laughs> you start start to finish. It's funny because that's the one that got uh, put in the Billboard's top 50 of all time, and and just you know, it kind of took off and had a life of its own, but. But yeah, it was it was really kind of we got a phone call and then two hours later, me and me and my art director, um, I was the creative director on that. And then my art director designer, we were at like CVS buying makeup and, and getting lights and getting lenses. And, and we, you know, shot everything in our in, in an apartment in Los Angeles and, you know, didn't sleep all night and put together <laughs> an album cover. So it's kind of like I guess the co- common theme is is um, as technology progresses and and people are just more and more content hungry it's just everything's speeding up and and it's almost to a detriment of of art and the artists and i think people a lot of what i found is a lot of artists just don't care as much about their art and and they should it's just like this is their life's work you know their music and and the art is is what packages it it's like what's you know what what represents it visually it's just like it kind of it kind of blows my mind that there's not I guess more more time and more um, energy put into it, and it's actually going the opposite way. So, I think you're going to see attitudes change. I think once um, uh, you see more experimentation with what a cover could be in digital space, whether it's interactive or it's going to be a VR experience now, and and who who knows, you know. So I, I feel like it's going to evolve, and and I think yeah, I've definitely be noticed a lot the... of love. A lot, of, a lot of change, uh, just influence from your team in the last few years. I know you did that, uh, uh, some work with gifts for, uh, Big Sean and, uh, just in general, the textiles and that sort of thing that I've seen a lot all over the place since then from the, uh, exactly the Good Friday I covers mean, a and lot the, of... <laughs> even the, uh, small, bold, centered Helvetica on, uh, lemonade. <laughs> 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 yeah i mean it's, it's not that no one ever did that before but you know <laughs> that was my first we're thought when to, i saw ex- that ex- we're trying to experiment and put and obviously all the albums with with donda that were produced and conceptually we're always trying to infuse a story or a narrative so i mean when we can do an animation it just lends itself to developing that narrative and, and seeing it visually play out so i think that's important and i think yeah it's going to be translated into vr and whatever new mediums come the problem is with those experimentations there's no way to monetize it so the labels look at it like well that's just an added expense and we're not going to see anything from it so yeah, <laughs> it, they love they loved it in the beginning but yeah they, then they realized how much it costs mm-hmm. and they're not really seeing an enormous return so it's like every other bureaucracy they're, they're just gonna cut it you know 
Yeah, all, so, all, the, all that stuff that doesn't have the uh, direct, all the cool, yeah, all direct the cool bottom stuff. line. You want to do something cool? <laughs> nah, we're not going to let you do anything cool. <laughs> it costs Sorry, money bro. and takes time. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. We don't yeah. have either. Um, so it's kind of speaking of those same terms with putting the narrative behind it and that sort of thing, could you touch a bit on uh, uh, the most recent cover you did for Designer? Um, the uh, the, the new Timmy English Turner, or the yeah. Timmy Turner? Yeah, the Timmy, Timmy Turner. Turner. Yeah, yeah, I really like yeah. that one. Um, I mean, with, with designer, I mean, you have such a young, young dude with so much energy. Um, yeah, that's just for sure. speaking with, speaking to him on the phone, you know, he's like, <laughs> he'll, he'll talk and it'll, it'll be like rapid. It'll be like machine gun fire. That's how he raps, you know, it's how he speaks. And, mm-hmm. and then when he's, he's like, I gotta go, I gotta go. And then he hung, <laughs> hangs up the phone and then, but it's like, it's good. It's like, it's like energy that I, I fed off of and really was about, um, I, I wanted, I mean, especially when you're dealing with a new artist, I wanted to infuse a sense of like history and, and, and thought and just, and what, I guess what was going on in, in, in the media and, and, and in culture in general, it was just a kind of a tumultuous time when you turn on the news and you saw, uh, this battle just between just people and police and, and, and the statistics and, just you know so so much being reported on at that point and I, I just felt like this was an important moment in time that i needed to kind of infuse into my art because it, it emotionally spoke to me and it was a narrative that i, I read about every day on, on on every news um media outlet so and i felt like it was something that you know where where these artists were coming from because i know push is very, very active Mm-hmm. in that realm and, and a lot of other good artists are too so i'm just like well i'm just going to take a little bit of, of this and and bring it over into the designer's world and tell kind of a story and, and put hidden meetings in there that obviously people are going to be able to decipher you know semi-easily um but it's just about the idea of like hiding gems in there and putting just more thought into like than a basic concept and and so when when you look back five years from now, it's kind of like a time time capsule that you get to dig up. You know, it's just a lot of things that were happening at that moment. Yeah, that's a great way to look at it. But yeah, I was I was surprised by that one. It was uh, more complex than I would have initially imagined. But <clears throat> maybe I'm just thinking of his panda cover with the <laughs> panda with the chain on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, slightly I mean, different. <laughs> I mean, the, the song is the song. The panda song is just so it's playful and it's it's dark as well too. (laughs) But I mean, it it, yeah, that's the label saying we want this to speak to as many people without Mm. disturbing them as possible. (laughs) 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 That's what it is. Cha ching! Thank God, nobody nobody messed with that cover and made it controversial. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Do you have any other favorite projects besides ones that we've touched on already? Um. I mean, Cruel Summer was great. Yeah, Aesop Rock, Rocky was great. I mean, I really had fun with the, the last uh, album cover that I, I worked on with um, uh, 3D designer Hedy Zant. Um, <clears throat> and that was for the Griswold. And it was uh, the playoff of the uh, St. Sebastian um, being shot with all the arrows. Oh, the golden black one. I mean, correct. So, I mean, that was a concept I've had in my mind for a while. And I, um, it, it's it's funny because it... it influenced me as a teenager because um, part of the reason why I wanted to go and he did a Losing My Religion video for R.E.M. and and he had all these religious um, iconic religious moments within this video 
And I kind of referenced a lot of those later in my, in my, I guess my quick film career I had in my early twenties, but a lot of those imagery uh, images stuck in my head. And um, I always wanted to do something at center around St. Sebastian because it's such a great story. Um, so when these, when the Griswolds came to me and they told me what the album was about, I was like, Oh man, these themes completely line up and I'm just going to give you this because they've already liked Hetty Zant's work. They, I think they've made a single cover where they basically copied him <laughs> and because they didn't know who he was. So I found him and I'm just like, why don't we just use him? He, he's awesome. So I hit him up and he, he, he always wanted to do a St. Sebastian as well. So that's what got him interested. In. And literally, I think it took us a week and a half to create it. And this is four times faster than Hetty is, is, is usual um, pace because just because he was so into it and it, it just kind of came together uh, so quickly and beautifully and, and perfectly that uh, I don't know. I, I wish everything could be that is easy where it's not forced and everything lines up and you feel like there's a little bit of magic involved at the same time and everybody, everybody is happy. And it's funny because I was looking at just researching photographers, um, I guess, yeah, today and somebody just posted it with no credit or anything and I just randomly <laughs> found it. So it's neat to kind of see it out there. Um, and, uh, but I, I feel like it's just like a powerful piece that it speaks on like so many emotional, spiritual levels. Um, so yeah, I, I would say that one's probably my, my immediate favorite, but other than that, yeah, uh, uh, new English, I think would be my second favorite just because it was such a different direction. It was my first piece of art outside of Donda after I had left. And, um, because I felt very confined at the end, you know, it had to be Kanye, Kanye's way, he had a certain aesthetic and, and design standards, and I understood, you know, that that was his world. But as soon as I got out, I'm like, well, shit, now I get to do whatever I wanted to. And I kind of just went a little bit crazy <laughs> uh, and experimented to the fullest extent. You know, like nothing was centered. Everything was, you know, shot with, you know, with an iPhone. It's like I took I to use pencil lines and, you know, whatever I wanted to do. So um, it felt really um, liberating to be able to do that. Yeah, because you were there what four years, so that's that's a lot of time to be kind of. Uh, I was there eight years. <laughs> oh, I'm, I guess I'm just thinking of uh, was it just Donna? Yeah. For four. Yeah. No. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's a long time to be uh kind of kind of in one, one uh one box not box it's not a good word for him but. <laughs> no, no, he's always evolving. That's the thing, you know. So yeah. but yeah, I mean, every everybody has their likes and dislikes, and I think. It was like anything else. It was a relationship, you know, it was like a, it was a good marriage for eight years. And then, mm-hmm. you know, everybody's got to do their thing. Yeah, definitely. And uh, based on so what you've talked about with the research that you do, um, obviously very thorough for these type of projects and the curation going the whole way back to, to the blogs. Can you tell me a little bit about uh, Fleet Library? Haha, <laughs> Fleet. Um, yeah, I mean, they should. They should just give me a free membership at this point. <laughs> Maybe they can sponsor I'm, I'm this. Promoting them a lot. Yeah, they're probably like, why are there so many kits here? Um, so what it blows my mind, A, it's, it's always empty, you know, and it's just like, a, I can, and when I go in there, if, well, first of all, Fleet Library is RISD's library. It's brilliant. It's the largest uh, de- depository of art books on the eastern seaboard of the United States. So it's oh, just wow. an amazing resource. So anybody in New England who's an artist that needs to do a lot of research, come on down. <laughs> Say hi. Um, but yeah, it, it, they have an amazing rare book section. I mean, 
it, the, the bad part about it is they don't let you actually physically take out the, the rare books and you can only scan so many pages, but you're going to find stuff there from 1800s, 1700s, uh, I mean, beyond in catalogs um, of everything you can think of, I, everything from jewelry to architecture to dinnerware to, to like perfume bottles. I, I did like a whole research um, uh, referencing on every perfume bottle ever made and they had very pretty thick section, but I, I kind of went through it. And then I, I think I scanned all of their jewelry section, which is about three aisles, but I have over 50,000 scanned images from their library. Um, they're probably going to arrest me the next time I go in there, but <laughs> <laughs> I'll censor that part. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, um, yeah, it's just an amazing resource. And I, I feel like I've gotten so many ideas, ideas and, and inspiration from just, just sitting in there and going through books. Um, just because I feel like when you're in front of a computer, I mean, your, your mind is melting. It's just, I don't know what it's giving off, but I think I, I've read countless <laughs> articles where it's the, the exact opposite of what you need to be creative. <laughs> um, and being and being in the shower is like positively charged ions or whatever. And that's, you know, if you, if you read any, um, you know, anything about George Lucas, like he came up with Star Wars in the shower and, and, <laughs> and people have come up with countless amazing ideas being near running water or, or in, in the shower and the computer is the exact opposite of being in the shower. Yeah, <laughs> for <creative>. for sure. <laughs> so it's great to, to like have your, your nose in the book and just kind of like, I don't know, it's just, and actually read it, you know, because a lot of these artists have been interviewed kind of like what we're doing now for a podcast, but they're in fucking books. So it's great to actually read um, about stuff that, that has inspired me that you can't really find, or maybe it's, it's just harder to find on the end the internet. I know eventually every book is going to be on there, but still there's, there's still gems and there's still rare pieces that um, I feel like you should be kind of researching old school for, especially as, as a designer. Um, I think it's, you just need that kind of background. Yeah, it's really cool to think about things that only exist in those books, and there's no no other way to access them, which is obviously more rare every day. Yeah, and same thing with magazines too. I mean, I have um, uh, folks from the '60s from Italy, you know. So when you look at those ads and the graphic design, it's like, I mean, there's so many places as a designer where you, or a graphic designer you can pull from. I know a lot of people have. Uh, magazines from the, the 60s and 70s from from Norway and Sweden and, and they pull from that and just and just crazy they have crazy um, advertising and design and, and use of color and, and typography that uh, again you have to hunt at rare bookstores I, I go to as many rare bookstores around Providence and in Boston as, as humanly possible and, I, and when I go there I mean I'm it's my I make it a day trip. I'm there for eight hours. I'm there until it open you know, from it opens until it closes, just sh sifting through as much shit as possible because you never know the, what the next page I hold. It just, you know, they send you off in a completely different tangent creatively or, or open up a door that you never thought to go down. Um, there's so many possibilities out there. So, um, I, I like to research as much as possible. If I have a free day, it's like, yeah, I'll do some of my hobbies or some shit, but I, it's like, fuck, I'll just go to the library. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you're selling me on that. I think yeah. I'll need to, I'll need to get up there sometime at some point. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's always refreshing. Yeah. It sounds like it. Uh, so a couple, a couple quick ones then. Do you have an all time favorite film? Oh man. Um, or you can, you can limit it to 2016 if that's easier. God, I mean, my uh, I'm, I'm a film 
student of film, so I'm going to come at it pretty cheesy. But yeah, I mean, I still like Casablanca, man. It is the perfect film. Um, yeah, classic choice. Actually, you know what? It's the perfect movie. The perfect film would be any one of Kubrick's films. Like, I would say mm. Dr. Strangelove is probably one of my favorite films of all time. That's two good choices there. How about a uh, favorite uh, clothing designer? Oh, man. I'm going to sound cliche but it's going to be alexander mcqueen like <laughs> yeah, another another hands, classic hands 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 down i mean I, I miss that guy so much you know because at that point i was blogging for kanye and, and every time i uh, found all the because we'd post all the collections for everybody or kanye's favorites and just every two you know 2007 2008 it's just he kept getting better and then the last collection he did i was like what the what is he gonna do next like what is this dude what is, really <laughs> and then we lost him and I was, and I, I was, I'm still bummed out. I mean, it's just, I mean, I can't imagine what, what we're fashion would be now if, if, if he was still around. Now, do you have uh, many plans to explore your own fashion design? I know you've worked on merch multiple times. Yeah. Um, I'm actually working on my own merch now. <clears throat> I'm not making the leap to high fashion. Like a lot of other, <clears throat> of my peers from Donda are, are doing kind of like what like Virgil's done and, mm-hmm. and what Heron Preston is doing now. It's more, I, I just see that I, I eventually do want to do high fashion or, or at least experiment with it. Cause I think that'd be an interesting palette, but right now I'm, I'm more interested in just having fun and kind of going back to my roots of what inspired me as a teenager, which is, I had my guitar and I had my skateboard and on my guitar was heavy metal and, and grunge and, and skateboarding. I, I've been a fan of skateboarding since like Bones Brigade and, and Powell. So it's kind of like, I want to combine all that that inspired me and, and put it out there with, with my own take. And it's going to be more fun. It's going to har- kind of harken back to like skate street of that Powell era. Um, and a lot of kind of like vintage metal t-shirts but i want to do a new twist on it you know i want i want want to do what i see in my own mind um and kind of and, and kind of educate people about the history of those subcultures just because i was i was part of both growing up <clears throat> um so that's what i'm that's what i'm working on now and it's i have all the art done and and uh, i'm going to be sampling the next couple of weeks and and hopefully it'll be out in uh in a couple months. Awesome. I'm excited to see that. And do you have any other, uh, any other future directions you'd like to explore? I know with a film background, have you considered getting back into that at all? Um, I mean, I, I tried out film for, for a little bit. <clears throat> film is, is, I mean, it's like fashion. It's, it's very much like a collaborative art. You know, you have a director or a creative director and, and then barking orders at everybody else in this kind of massive system underneath to get, their ideas out so i mean I, I really don't have any desire to get back into film i felt like that was a, a, a interesting part of my life i learned a lot from it i take i take everything i learned about narrative and, and story and structure and I've, I've kind of infused it into the art that i create now but i, I really love uh, graphic design and 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 where that can lead me i guess you know whether it's in into fashion with with prints or what have you. Um, and I've also dabbled in, in furniture design too, and I'd like to explore more with that. So I, I see myself going more into the um, 
fashion merch and industrial design um, realm a little bit more um, than I guess film. But I, I still want to experiment with uh, with VR and those experiences as well. So not so much film, but more of like an alternative alternative reality experience because <laughs> those are coming. So I mean, yeah, film is going to be a part of that, but it's going to everything's going to change. Um, so uh, we'll see. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's hard to say what, what the options will even be in four yeah. or five years. Could be things we can't even right. fathom right now. Yeah. <clears throat> right now I'm very entrenched in like my my merch line and I'm I'm doing another project as well as well that's based in uh um apparel. So or actually a few more. So that seems like that that's gonna the logical next step right now. So that's where it's going. Hope you all enjoyed the episode. Thanks again to Joe for coming on. Um, I've included the link to his video showing the 300 plus iterations of the cover in the show notes. And there you'll also find links to Joe's Instagram, which is Joe underscore R underscore Perez, um, along with his website, joerperez.com. There you can also check out a link to his clothing line, which has some really great stuff. It's called Mason. That's mason-store.com. We'll be back next week with a new episode. Thanks again.